5: In three, two, one.
4: He takes being cooked to a whole new level. These students can't afford to feed themselves. You do the
6: best you can for your child, and you look around for supports, and there's nothing there.
4: Just get up
7: and
3: do our best today, and that's all you can
8: do. Can we
5: just talk? Call 818 96. 96, 96.
3: Text or WhatsApp 83 396
5: 96 96. Email opinion at
3: 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with P. PJ Coogan
5: on Cork's 96FM
9: Now I know that with the great weather forecast for the next few days and some lovely sunny weather I mean look at that gorgeous morning and that little heat haze and that is what that is, there's a little heat haze up around the airport where it's burning off the early morning fog It is so gorgeous and yes I know it's only the 23rd of March and I know That it is probably something to do with climate change. I also know that some doomsayers will be telling us don't enjoy this weather because it's a sign of the fact that the planet is burning. Lads, can we breathe away from that for a second? Because there's a war on, prices are going through the roof, there's no housing. We're paying ridiculous amounts of money for, for petrol, for food, for everything. So can we just enjoy the bit of sunshine without demoralizing for the next few days? Thanks ever so much. We, we kind of know the planet has a problem. But Jesus, we need a bit of sunshine to brighten up spring. Would that be all right? Can we deal, Can we sort that between ourselves? That's great. Thanks a million. Today, by the way, is also World Maths Day. The what? It's World Maths maths day no no don't switch off the no maths is fascinating there's a lovely story from about a, a young lad from Ukraine came to Cork last week or so started school not much English a bit but not much but the minute the teacher started doing maths his eyes lit up talk a little bit about how maths is a universal world language and plenty more besides that but please let us just enjoy the little bit of weather for what it is it is the march of many weathers it has thrown us a few beautiful days so can we just enjoy it oh yes and also another David Gray song what's that now what would that be I'll turn it up a small bit for you there you go what would this be alright alright In association with our friends at MCD. Two tickets for David Gray at Musgrave Park on the 18th of June. Guess the song. All right, the one second song. 083-396-9696. Kate says it's lashing in Malaga. (laughs) We have friends there at the moment. Ah, yeah. Now, we got an email. Look, the housing shortage. It's so sad. We could do a morning a week. In fact, we could probably do a couple of mornings a month one after the other, on our housing shortage. It's painful. It really is so, so painful to hear the stories that people tell. Uh, Fiona, we got another one. A person who wants to remain anonymous, um, but they're in a desperate situation.
10: That's right PJ. We've actually got two in the last couple of hours here on the opinion line just from people who want to remain anonymous but have been in difficulty trying to find housing for the last couple of years. The first uh, message that we got is from this lady who says I'm in a two bed half apartment for the last seven years. One bedroom only is being used as the other one is too cold because I have no heating. I have two children and a baby due soon. One of my sons has a sickness because of my place being damp and my ceiling is already to fall down. It's problem after problem. My toilet was completely broken and I had no use of it. Bear in mind I'm pregnant so I was left with no toilet for seven days. I think it's a disgrace and this landlord is pushing me to leave. I'm so scared for my kids and my newborn ending up homeless. So that's one message that we got yesterday afternoon. This one came in as well. I'm a single mum who does not work outside the home and I'm in receipt of social welfare payments. I'm a carer to my youngest son. We are living in rented accommodation but unfortunately my landlord has to sell his property and therefore my family is facing homelessness. I do not hold any bad feelings towards my landlord as he is a good man with his own family to look after. I want to highlight that I've been on the housing list since 1996 and don't believe I'm ever to be housed by the housing council council over the years i've gone to see politicians councillors who i believe would represent my case and support my cause in obtaining a house from the council mm. i've had to do this as my three children and i previously lived in a basement flat which was totally dilapidated this basement flat had no central heating only one bedroom no proper kitchen or bathroom no natural light mould damp and the property was not fit to live in now i'm facing a most distressing time in my life once again by not being able to provide a forever home for my children The rental market is not so forthcoming when it comes to a single mum who doesn't work with three children and therefore I'm finding it impossible to find a landlord to take my family on as their tenants. I feel there'd be no happy ending to my story and it's not me who I care about, but my three children who definitely don't deserve this awful pain in their lives.
9: That's terrible, isn't it?
10: Oh, it's just shocking, PJ. And that's just... An example of some of the calls that we've been getting in. Like, I know here in the opinion line, you've always had stories about people who are homeless and people who are, you know, desperately trying to find a house for their families and people who've been on the housing waiting list for years. But it seems like over the last two weeks, we've been just getting call after Mm -hmm. call from people who are really, really struggling to find a, a home to rent in Cork. And it just seems that the housing situation is escalating. The housing problem is escalating here in the city in particular. Yeah,
9: it's 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 terrible. And we have had, we've spoken to some of them and they've told us about the conditions in which they're living. And sometimes something happens when they come and talk to us. Sometimes something mm-hmm. somebody hears their story and they... They get sorted, but it doesn't. It's, it's just appalling. And I'm doing this program now over eight years and it's just getting progressively, progressively worse. Fiona, thanks for that. You got That's, so you had two, you have, you've had two of them in the last 24 hours. In other words, we've had that one and one very, very similar. So what do you do? Like, what do you do? There's good news, however, for schools, special schools. Uh, Protego Sullivan, the Fianna TD has been tweeting about this. He tweeted the, the text of a statement from Minister Norma Foley on special education and it says the department, together with the usual stakeholders, has been looking at the shortage of placements in the Cork area. The big news is a new, entirely new special school to be established in Rochestown. That'll provide for children and young people with autism and complex learning needs up to the age of 18. Now that, in my view, is very big news because that's kind of what Sculptriest has been doing. And I've been saying for years there needs to be a Sculptriest like in in every parish or in every town or city at least. So that's good news from Rochestown. 30 places initially. Children... Who've had no offer of a special school place for the 2022 23 school year? It's estimated there'll be 30 places initially, priority to children who currently don't have an offer. Uh, it'll be located in a premises expected to become available in early 2023. That's just detail. Carrigaline Community Special School, that's expanding with new places. Um, Additional classrooms, associated sensory areas, skills areas, 18 additional places there from September and St. Gabriel's. Now, it's a long time since I was asked to do anything and visit anything and talk to parents from St. Gabriel's, but I did a number of years ago. There's a major refurbishment project underway at St. Gabriel's in Bishopstown, but additional capacity in the 2022-2023 school year, so good news for special education in Cork. This morning, we talk so much about bad news. We talk so much about unavailability. We talk so much about people waiting and waiting and waiting. We've good news this morning, and let's embrace it when we get it. So, 30 places in Rochestown, and additional. How many did I say in Carriglin? Additional 18 in line. So 48 special needs places being announced uh, by the Minister uh, and additional ones in St. Gabriel's. And all that. So good news at least. Good news on the special education front. Uh, 0818 96 96 96
8: Can we just talk
3: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
5: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Premier
9: League Live, powered by Top Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively online at
3: 96fm.ie.
5: Tune in Saturdays as we round up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre-match analysis, live commentary, and in-depth interviews with some legends of the sport. Number one, that's top the league. <laughs> the Premier League Live. With now, stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership.
11: Listen every
9: Saturday exclusively online at 96fm.ie or download
3: the courts ninety six Fm courts ninety
9: six FM so that's good news for the special educational needs sector this morning and look there may be humps and bumps and there may be divil in details along the way but at least we have some good news and then we got a lovely video this is really nice um I talked before about the educate together secondary school and I talked to students who are traveling quite a long way. To go to school every day and they're looking for a permanent premises here's a little video that they've put together to make their point incredibly clever and really well done really well put together Colum O'Connor O'Connor rather is the principal of the secondary school Colum, good morning Hi PJ how are you? Good, it's a lovely piece of work um, but tells its own story they've been promised a permanent premises, there is a site but it's been going on now for years, just bring listeners up to speed with the story
11: Um, Well first of all I'm with the students here in the room and they're beaming, uh, having heard it played on the radio. So you've made their day. Um, so, yeah, we, we opened six years ago. We're, we're in our first sixth year now. And the school was, there was no uh, permanent accommodation or no temporary accommodation it identified when we opened, which is kind of a common story in Ireland, unfortunately. Um, so we were, for two years, we were in Nagel Community College in Mahon, And then we became too big for that. Location, so we were then moved to to Griffith College on the far side of the city. Yeah, and um, we've been here for four years, and they, they've been really good to us. But it's a it's a long trek because our catchment area, our legally defined catchment area, runs from down to the Road. Basically, mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. it's the area south of the the, the Link Road. Um, so every day the students get bused from from that area to yeah. to the school. So it's a, it's a long trek. I like
9: was talking to the them before. I think about you know having to get up extra early and make sure you're at the bus, and and it, it it's it's a trek every day.
11: When it's a track, especially when there's a the site wintering. there.
9: Like, there is. A, where is the site, by the way, Colum?
11: So the site is a 22-acre site, and it's not all for. It's not all designated for us. Um, it's the area behind the Garda station in Douglas, beside the the fingerpost roundabout. Okay. Everybody, everybody there knows. Slap knows bang that, in that the hill. middle, then. Oh yeah, yeah, slap like bang in the middle. So it's a, it's a great idea. Like, there's 50% of the area will be a public park, a, a fully, you know. Uh, landscape landscaped public park and then half the the other half will be for the school. So um the the site was purchased um I think about four years ago. and um, the Department of Education owned it. Um and then the planning application went through and there's some difficulties with that at the time. So then the department has spent two years now, the engineers working with the city council because it, part of the problem is it transferred um as everybody knows, you it know the, the transfer, city yeah. city expanded, yeah. So it's the city council now rather than the county council. So the engineers are very hopeful now that they've resolved the the issues that were there at the time, and so we're just waiting for the department to submit the planning now. And we've been we've been waiting for for months for them to do it. They yeah. keep telling us they're going to do it, and we just keep getting letters saying, "Yeah, it's it's going to happen, and it'll be within the next quarter." And then it just changes. Same letter, different different quarter. Different quarter. But, but we believe it's yeah. We yeah. believe it's imminent now, so we're getting excited. Yeah. Well, you
9: be entitled to get, inside. and after after waiting six years, you be entitled to get. A bit browned off let alone get get excited so talk to me about the song. i know you've got a student there who was involved yeah. in making the song Quiva.
11: Yeah. yeah so the students have been running a campaign for for some months now to get the department to actually you know do their job and submit the application um so it's kind of um taken different forms we've had some newspaper articles and most recently they've decided to um edit the the lyrics to the keen song somewhere yeah. only we know yeah and um they did a great job in it so they recorded it in a recording studio in town with Colin and Rowan two of our teachers yeah and then other students made a music video um to go with it and um with the, with a drone and and stills from the from the recording session yeah. and that's very thing. good so uh, it's 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 actually emotional listening to it being played yeah. because. You know, it's been a long time. We're we're waiting a long time, and it's not fair. Like so, yeah. um, we wanted to go in. So this is our next step, and we have other plans as well for fo- photo shoots and so on. Yeah. But you know, we're we're just getting excited now, and we want to yeah. wanted you, to go in. You, you know. wanted to move, and
9: we had. To, I know we had the announcements on special needs yesterday. Very very welcome. But you were saying, hang on, we're here six years now. We we'd like we'd like some movement, please.
11: Yeah. 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 Well, it's part of the same dysfunction, you know. We we, we open schools or buildings, and we have a deficit of special edu- our special education places or special class places in many schools, and it's part of the same lack of foresight and planning that plagues our system, and we yeah. we need to we need to be a lot more proactive in terms of planning. Yeah. Yeah. You've got Quiva,
9: I think, with you there. I do. She's yeah. excited. Yeah. I, i will pass around, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, Colm. Thanks, PJ. Thanks, Colm. you, Quiva.
12: Hi, how are you?
9: Good. That That's lovely work. Tell me, Thank te- you, yeah. Tell me about being involved in it.
12: Yeah, it, it was really, really fun because, like, we got to, like, part of, like, getting our school a building and, like, we want, really want this to happen. So we were, so we, like, started in our music class and we were, like, writing the lyrics and stuff. So, like we all got to, like, help with creating the lyrics and making them, like, personal towards our school.
8: Mm.
9: So, How like, would you choose the song?
12: I think, like, just, like, like when we connect with the song, like, that, like, it feels, like, sentimental but hopeful at the same time. So I think, like, we just chose the song because it, like, it just, like, kind of, the <laughs> like, the tone of the song was just, like, reminded us of the school that it would, yeah. like, that we, that we wanted it to happen but it was kind of sad at the same time that we like have been waiting for so long
9: yeah because the song is about having a special place and being able to go there and that's what you yes. want your own special yeah exactly your own special place. so who was involved um with the recording and the write? who wrote the new lyrics did you write them as a, as a group uh,
12: so uh teachers uh ruan and colin uh they created the first parts of the lyrics and then we, like, they show them to us in the class and we just start seeing them and stuff and then we were just trying to create new ones, like, as well that fitted in better or we were trying to edit them a bit and, like, we, yeah, we sort of all helped together in our music classes to create the lyrics.
9: How fun was it then to go into a recording studio and actually record your own lyrics?
12: Yeah, it was actually amazing, yeah, <laughs> because, like, we got to see all our hard work being put into action in, like, the studio and stuff.
9: Yeah, yeah, all there with your headphones and your microphones and layering it down and listening to the final product and <laughs> God, is that really us? Yeah. Kind of. Was there a moment like that? Yeah. God, is that really us? Yeah,
12: <laughs> yeah. We, we were we were so surprised. We thought it sounded amazing. Like um, we like just with all the behind the scenes and stuff, it was like really emotional to watch. And we were like so happy with it. <laughs>
9: fantastic, fantastic. Now, are you are local there? Are you so? You, where are you from? So do you you've to trapse oh, up across the, yeah. the river every morning.
12: Yeah, I take I take the bus, the school bus from Douglas to school every every day.
9: Right, that's a that's an early so, start for you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And how nice it would be just to stroll across yeah, Douglas, it would, wouldn't it be great? It
12: would be so nice. Yeah, we could like cycle, and it would be, it would, like overall, it'd be better for the environment as well. With we all like instead of having to take the bus and like and everyone's driving and everything, yeah. it would be really good to just be able to cycle or walk to school and like and have like a nice morning start to that yeah, as well.
10: Fantastic. <laughs>
9: well, look, you've you've tagged uh, the minister in it again in the social media and uh, she does get to see these things. I don't know whether she herself checks the posts, but we know that she does get to see it um, and hopefully we get some movement on it uh, soon enough. Quiva, congratulations on the work. I'm going to play that little clip again because it's nice. Congra- Thank you. Congratulations on the work and uh, to Cullum, thanks for being there for us this morning. Principal of Cork's Educate Together Secondary School. Six years waiting to be allowed build on their own. They have a site. They have a place. They just haven't got the go ahead yet. How many times have we heard that before? <laughs> a hit for Keen and also a hit for Lily Allen somewhere only we know Adapted. I like that I'll be listening to that this afternoon again
8: Can we just
3: talk The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM
5: With the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Takeover on Cork's 96FM Weeknights from 7 on the Big Drive Home. We give you the chance to take charge of our tunes. Join me, Lorraine as you decide what songs
12: we fire up
8: uh, a, B, C, D, F, The
3: Takeover What we play
5: With Cork Dental Care's One Day Invisalign event Saturday March 26 Looking for the perfect smile? See CorkDentalCare.com for more See our song list on 96FM Insta Stories
9: Cork's 96FM Just with regard to what I said At the top of the program about the weather Yeah, I agree with you Let's just enjoy the bit of sun Because you know that people will be going on About climate change and and all of that And and how it's a sign that the world is burning and, And we know, okay We get it we do, but Jesus, lads, there's so much going on in the world at the moment. Uh, let's just enjoy the bit of sunshine. And then uh, Michael says, PJ, I spoke yesterday with an Egyptian friend in Cairo. I asked about the weather. He said it was very cold here. We're using electric heaters. It was 20 degrees. Oh, thanks, Michael. 0818 96, 96, 96 Now, we'll talk more later in the morning with the Economic and Social Research Institute about their new report, your newspapers and your radio news, full of it this morning. But basically, living in Ireland is going to get much more expensive. It's expensive enough as it is with gas and electric and petrol and diesel and food starting to go up going up already and going up even more but according to the esri's uh, report quarterly report it's going to get an awful lot worse before it gets any better i'll talk to them later in the morning on the opinion line but adrian weckler at the irish independent has been outlining some ways that we can maybe save some money that we might not have thought about in the everyday technology that we all, I guess, not just live with but rely on so much. Adrian, good morning. Good morning. One I noticed recently it was Netflix. A price hike. Yep. And all that stuff like those services, they 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 add up.
6: They do because you don't just have Netflix now. You like a lot of listeners to this show would also have Netflix. That if they've kids, they've got Disney Plus. They might, might have Amazon Prime Video. They might have Apple TV Plus, and then they might have, other they might have things like Now TV. And all of those things now cost. You get some of them for seven or eight euro a month, but they're starting to creep up. The yeah. top one now, if you've a big television, there's a good chance you'll be paying for the, for the flagship Netflix price, and that went up from eighteen euro to twenty one euro per month. First time it's gone through twenty euro. And mm. um, now there is a way around it for one set of customers if you get sky tv so most people who have pay tv in ireland either have sky or virgin mm. if you have sky you can order it through sky for about a five or off a month oh now you have to be a sky customer already mm. but instead so instead of paying your 21 euro a month you're getting it for 15 euro a month. and they have to instead have the big paying- sexy sky q or just regular sky I uh, know. I think you can get it with with all of the Sky Sky TV. If you have a Sky TV package, okay. you can you can you can use it as an add on, and instead of it's about thirty percent cheaper, and they haven't put the price up. So Netflix prices went up, but Sky didn't put their Netflix price up. I think because they set the the price about a year ago with them. I got
9: you. So that's one way of cutting down the price yep. of of your Netflix, Amazon, Am- Amazon is is it going up? It's the content. I don't think it'll ever match. It
6: will. Will it? Well, the thing about Amazon is they're starting to get into sports now. So any soccer fans would know that in the UK they have the rights to a lot of Premier League matches. They may expand that uh, soon. Uh, Apple TV Plus is now getting into live sports as well, albeit baseball. Nobody here is going to watch that. Um, so, um, but they will go up um, and it's partly because of their production budgets. Netflix is spending $19 billion a year uh, this year instead of $16 billion. Um, stuff. I think they're all going to go up, yeah. yeah.
9: Yeah. Now, the mobile, everyone in the house, even even the baby yep. <laughs> has, a, mm-hmm. has a mobile yep. and yep. we could
6: slash the cost of our mobile phone. We absolutely slash it. So if you're paying any more than 20 euro a month for your mobile bill believe me you're getting ripped off you're getting ripped now I don't mean somebody who's also paying for a new phone on an upgrade okay that's different if, you're, if you if you you got a new iPhone for 199 euro and you're paying you know 45 or 55 euro a month that's fair but if you own your own phone or you're past your your upgrade uh, contract date, Right. You should not be paying more than twelve or fifteen euro, and if you want specific recommendations, uh, I'd say forty-eight is the best value you can get. It's eleven euro a month, eleven euro a month for pretty much all well, your what, what text and data. Is that, Adrian? Three, three, right? So you you can get the same service. For roughly the same amount of data and and calls, etc. But it's got to be a catch. You won't be as fast, will it? Or it won't, you won't as much oh, no. as much bandwidth, or what? No, you you, you won't get five G. But nobody nobody uses five. I mean, like I I'm ahead of the curve on tech, and I don't use five G. I mean, four G for your four G signal give you 100 megabits uh, per second. The main thing is there are no shops. So you can't walk into a three-store uh-huh. and get a 48-pound. You have to do it online. And that for a certain section of people, that is a big deal because if you've got a problem, some people like to walk into a shop and get it sorted. You won't be able to do that with 48. But if you're comfortable enough, like we're in an age where you order a lot of stuff online. If you're comfortable enough uh, with that, yeah. you order your SIM from 40. I mean, Gomo is another one, ClearMobile is another But 48 is the best value. And they're owned by the same... Network owned by the same, owned by the same network. So, Gomo is owned by Air, so uses Air's mobile network. Uh, Forty-eight is owned by Three, uses Three's mobile network. Clear Mobile, which is fifteen euro a month, that's owned by Vodafone, uses Vodafone network. Mm. So, they're trying to, they're kind of trying to have it both ways, and they're hoping, I think, that a lot of customers won't know. Oh no, no, I, I, I saw Three and Vodafone, and see they're the, they're the main brand. I'm going to go with that. It's the same network. Wow, wow. Now,
9: I love this one. I'm, I have a number. With, there's a number of, of Alexas in my house. Um, mm. But this is a clever little You can't trick. say that word
6: on air, by the way. You know that. <laughs> oh, I've had great fun with that, Adrian, but let's not you go trigger there. Trigger hundreds yeah. or maybe thousands of devices. Great fun.
9: Alexa, volume 10. No, uh, no, stop. Please Stop. <laughs> Alexa, volume two. Anyway, no. <laughs> I know it works. I've I've been teasing people with it for ages. But anyway, if you've got one of these in the house, you can attach it to an old yep. stereo and really Correct. sex up your sound.
6: A hundred percent. So sometimes people, I give a lot of advice to people who uh, on things like smart speakers, and there are a lot of good ones out there. You know, you you'll pay up to four or five hundred euro for one. But what a lot of people don't realize is if you already have a decent hi-fi like a lot of listeners now here will have paid like quite a lot of money five six seven hundred pounds in those days for their hi-fi it's sitting in the attic it's gathering dust they haven't used it in maybe five ten fifteen years if you just plug the very cheapest Amazon Echo or Google Nest Mini um, like I'm talking 35 euro if you get the the uh, the the simple cable that plugs from that into your hi-fi's AUX auxiliary port. Yeah, yeah. It transforms your really good Hi-Fi with your really good sound into a giant smart speaker because it's using the little Amazon Echo right. as a voice control unit. So that's doing all the computing when like when you ask for something the weather or you ask for a song on yeah. a streaming service or you ask to play the news or you ask to play the radio or pocket, that's doing the computing bit but it plays it through your much better speaker system how cool is that yeah 35
9: and, uh, euro and, yeah and the, 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 the like, like, little... don't
6: bother with your 500 euro Sonos smarts don't bother with your giant smartsys. if you have a decent hi-fi get the cheapest one possible and just hook it into it like it literally takes you 5 minutes it
9: does it's a small little cable the, even, yeah. even if the cable doesn't come with the device it's about 3 quid in Harvey Norman's to get the cable
6: yeah that's
0: right wow
6: yeah
9: that's cool that's a cooler and and, and and again you're 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 not spending money on on expensive speakers and and all that that no. crack. now we, we hope that well, we, those of us who booked early managed to get a holiday this summer. The price of going away anywhere is going to go up. Be careful where you yep. book
6: your flight. Yeah, absolutely. Now, to be to, to be clear, if you're booking, say, an Aer Lingus flight or a Ryanair flight, in general, you will get the most competitive prices on those websites for those direct flights. But where it really comes into play to save money, things like car hire or room hire. Now, I I don't know about you, but like when I'm booking a holiday away, I don't so much use a travel agent more. I'll buy the flight and the the hotel, whatever, separate... When I buy when I go for the looking for the hotel I usually use one of the big aggregators on like booking.com or expedia.a or one of the, one of those big ones that's supposed to scour the web for the best offers and then it's supposed to give you a big choice and the most competitive price. What I have found over the last uh, 2 to 3 years is that is not always the case. Car hire is a particular devil. Now for anybody who hasn't tried to, to hire a car abroad at the moment it is ridiculously expensive. I mean, if you're going to the states, you will spend on a thousand uh, dollars on for for a car hire for a week. If you go through one of the big aggregators, if you look around, I've done this three times in the last two years. I've got I've cut the price in half to under five hundred dollars simply by looking around uh, on Google on the second page of Google. So that's exactly what yeah yeah. If the the ones that jump to the top of the list, we go on them because, oh, well, they must we be do. the best. Yeah. yeah. No, or or we assume that after the first five or six, yeah. it's just sort of junk or it's not really the the, the thing that people trust. And Adrian, actually can for I ask, travel. As you, you
9: yeah. know the big companies that jump
6: immediately mm-hmm. to the top of the list, have have yep. they have they paid Google for the rights to do no. that? No. No, they haven't. No. So, so you will see ads are promoted at the top, but in general... The, the ones that are at the top are the ones that are the most used or the most linked to or now it could be that they have bigger budgets and they pump loads of marketing. They show ads, and when you're driving down the street, you'll see an ad for Booking.com, and that. So maybe you go looking for Booking.com when you see that, ad, and that will help Google's algorithm. So, so the the more people go to it, the more it will go I up see, the top I of see. your Google search.
9: Search engine optimization was the old yep. name for it. Couple of things coming in before I let you go, Adrian. A question: Does 48 work
6: out of the country? Yes, it does. So it's the same basic. By law, any mobile service that's sold in Ireland, and and what we're really here talking about is data. We don't calls and text, but we're also talking about data. Can you can I access my WhatsApp and my Facebook and that sort of stuff? Yes, by law they have to give a minimum um, percentage of data and serve uh, of data when you leave the country in the European Union, right? Um and, and all calls and texts within the European Union so I think in the case of 48 you'll get something like 15 gigabytes a month if you're in Europe uh, but you get all your calls and texts I
9: see I see so and 48 being owned by I think you said 3 isn't it 3 so yep, when you three. go for example if you want to go to, if you go to Spain on your holidays what would you do yep. attach your phone to the local 3 service oh no.
6: no 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 absolutely not. no the the way the rule is the way the law is it's up to them to 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 do all that for you. Oh. You just turn your phone on. So the manual oh, search that I've been
9: doing every summer, I
6: don't have to do. Oh yeah, one. it could be could be Vodafone, could be you know Orange, it right. could be you know whatever, or it could be T Mobile. Absolutely no, no, that's it's not like you're that shouldn't be on you to do that. To be fair, I mean, yeah. like to be fair to them, it, it it is right and proper. You you're not supposed to be. A you know a phone networks expert like yeah. when you're when you're okay, so traveling yeah. abroad so yeah. so the answer to the question is no you just switch it on and it will find the most convenient network yeah and uh, and and that's how that works yeah
9: because we we had a message from someone saying they had to quit it because it didn't work when they were abroad.
6: Well, I, I have to imagine that that's somewhat unusual. I don't hear yeah. too many of those complaints. I do know that sometimes, like you will, you take a thousand people going, about, you will always have a few people who, you know, there will be an issue somewhere. It might be the area, it might be the way their phone is is set up themselves, and there are sort of quirks. But in general, and, and certainly in my own experience, sure, no, you just switch your phone on and it works. Now, there's lots of ways
9: to watch your television or that kind of thing that wouldn't necessarily be, shall we say, 100% yep. legit. They might be a little bit naughty. Or, or even he- 1% legit. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Here's one. Six months Netflix stroke Spotify on AliExpress cost me €13, Euro, top quality. I'm using
6: it and it all works perfect. AliExpress.com.
9: Is that naughty?
6: Uh, Yeah, it is a bit naughty because you you cannot get those services in in Ireland for uh, that price. Now, what some people do when they're watching streaming services like Netflix or whatever, they use what's called uh, a VPN, which is a, a way to mask where your computer or your phone or your tablet is. And so they'll log on to a country where, let's say, for example, the Netflix is cheaper or the cheapest, and they'll sign up to that service there. And then they'll access it um uh Using back the home. VPN. So I, yeah. yeah. The only problem with that, like people oh I I I signed up to, to Netflix in Turkey and I only pay five euro per month. Yeah, great, but now you got a bunch of like Turkish soap operas, you know. I mean, <laughs> that, yeah, you'll that, get you you'll get some of the big movies too. And and, and you know but, these um, fire sticks that are flying around. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Naughty yeah, or not. That's a big one. Well, the, the sticks themselves aren't naughty. They're actually brilliant. They're really, really effective. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably the cheapest way. Uh, if you don't have things like Netflix and Amazon Prime, Video built into your telly um, and you want to watch it on your telly. That's the cheapest way. It's cheaper, way cheaper than an Apple TV set top box. I think they, they started at about 25, 30 euro, but they are used for, it's probably the most common way for piracy of movies and TV because it's quite easy to find apps yeah, on sure. through the Fire Stick that will, that will uh, show them all too.
9: Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll leave, we
6: leave it there. Adrian,
9: thank you as always for being with us. Adrian Weckler, tech editor of the Irish Independent. There are ways and there are means to cut your tech price, but watch how much you're paying for all those services. It does add up. It certainly does. 0818 96, 96 96 Friday, the 25th of March, is Irish Cancer Society Daffodil Day. Once again, here at Cork's 96 FM, we are proudly supporting a Daffodil Day this Friday, March 25th. Uh, da- daffodils available from any of the volunteers and you can help fund free cancer support services and life-changing cancer research. And if you'd like to donate or get involved in any way, you can check out cancer.ie. Lots of people... Uh, Kev says, Amazon Premier League coverage not available to us. Unfortunately, another one is Dizan, or uh, you've seen this, Dizone. It's boxing. It's only three ninety nine, but it does add up. And they're the ones, I think Dizan or Dizone, They're they're carrying the Katie Taylor... Mandy Serrano fight in Madison Square Garden, and that sure won't be three ninety nine. Just got an email from Netflix. It's going up to fourteen ninety nine a month on April twenty second. It was eleven ninety nine. Says Jerry. Again, lots of people saying get a fire stick. Uh, well, oh yeah, on this school's carriageline, not exactly expanding. It's just opening to its full capacity. That was announced last year. When will the Rochester school be open? They're saying it'll be ready. I think at least if I'm reading it right, they're saying it'll be ready for September. That's what they're saying anyway. Just all those COVID numbers, they're going up. Uh, They are up. And yesterday we were talking to a doctor on the show uh, who said, look, don't panic. Just keep doing what you're doing. Maybe wear your mask uh, if you feel like wearing, if you want. You should be wearing your mask on the bus. You probably should be wearing your mask in the supermarket, particularly if the supermarket is crowded. A little bit of common sense. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Just be careful. You'll be grand. I know the government says it's saying it's all up to us individually to wear a mask, but maybe we could all wear them while the COVID numbers are this high right now to make sure we can enjoy the summer. That's just a call to 0818... 96, 96, 96, because I do know a lot of people are a little bit frightened right now by where the COVID numbers are going, even though we are very well vaccinated as a nation. There's a lot of it about. We all know people who have it right now. And some of them are, it's literally bouncing off them. Others are feeling very unwell. If they get over it in a few days. It's There's loads of it out there. It's absolutely rampant. It's rocking through the community. But thankfully, we've got great protection against getting really sick 0818 96 96 96 I was talking about the housing crisis at the start of the show we got two more messages from people living in dire situations and as we were saying myself and Fiona at the top of the programme we get these literally every day and we've had a slew of them over the last fortnight people just at the end of their tether living in kips absolute kips are about to become Homeless soon, even if, even if it is from an absolute kip, and and no help out there for them, and they've been on the housing lists for years, and they just can't move. And then this comes in, which I'm going to leave it with you for for what you think, and I certainly would like to hear your contribution at oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. But in the concept context of the stories that we read out at the top of the program and that we have covered consistently on the opinion line. They have no bother housing the Ukrainians arriving on a daily basis, even building modular homes for them. I have no problem with us taking in the Ukrainian people. They need help. But let's look after our own too. It's terrible to hear of people living in such awful conditions. And it's a question that is being asked. We can make things happen very quickly for the desperate people of Ukraine. And rightly so that we can make things happen. What about the people writing to our show every day?
3: Can we just talk The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM
5: With the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie the lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96, 96, 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396
3: 96 96.
5: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
3: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
5: On Cork's 96FM.
9: I'm looking out the window of Studio One here and I'm thinking, Cork, you are a lasher when the sun shines. You really are, like, gorgeous. Out there this morning. Beautiful, beautiful spring morning. 0818-96-9696 is the number. Remember, we're sending you and a friend to the biggest fight of all time in women's boxing. Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, the lightweight world title fight at Madison Square Garden. That's at the end of April. You could be there. This is your final week to get into our grand final. You need to be listening at 2:15 today. For the next one of your knockout hits Wayne will have that and then 5.15 Lorraine will have the third you should then have three when you have the titles text to WhatsApp Lorraine on the big drive home for your chance to qualify for the flights for the accommodation for the spending money and the tickets to Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano on April 30th in Madison Square Garden. It's all with Nol DC Cars Blackpool. Put your trust in the award-winning after-sales team with a Skoda service at noldc.com. And it's only on Cork's 96FM. Now, Dennis contacted us. You know the way you order something online and you're waiting for it to be delivered uh, and you can be unlucky? Now, Dennis, don't don't name any particular carrier or courier for me, if you would, please. But, but it is a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Good morning to you.
13: Good morning, PJ. Yeah, Fergal has me under warning now that I'm not to name him. But uh, it's come to light lately, and they're all exactly the same, all the couriers. So you look up your book of couriers, and you'll see that they're all operating the same. Uh, you order something online. Actually, you pay for the courier to deliver this item to you. Yes, you do. So the courier has a responsibility to you, the customer, to get this item to you. Now, you get a tracking number. You think this is great, tracking number. I found out now that that tracking number means absolutely nothing. It's fine if everything goes well. The parcel comes to you. The courier comes to you. You're at home. You accept your parcel. Hunky-dory. You don't... It doesn't matter. Except the tracking number will tell you that, yes, it's on the van. That's all you know. Right, Okay. Now, say something happens, and then you get this computer-generated message which says, we failed to make delivery. Now, you're wondering, is it something wrong with your postal code? But the fact was that you were at home waiting for this parcel, which you were told, that was loaded onto the van at 11 o'clock, and at 5 o'clock, you've been at home all day, and it hasn't arrived. Right. So your next quandary is, okay, I'll contact these people. Impossible. You you don't get a telephone number for them. Yeah. I tried contacting them through WhatsApp. You might as well be sending up smoke screens. Now, they have a responsibility to you to be contactable, at least.
8: Yeah.
13: The other thing being is that with the tracking number, if even you went onto Google and you could trace the whereabouts of the van, yeah, that you could say, yeah, well, it's in my area. There's a good chance I'm going to get this now. But the fact is that... When it all goes wrong, these people will not give you their telephone number. And I think they should be under law obliged to be contactable.
9: I, I've had a couple of occasions, particularly during the lockdown, where I would get stuff delivered. And I generally, when I buy something online, I get it delivered to work because it's easy, I'm here all day, every day. But because our office was closed to the public... Some of the couriers found it difficult to get in, but what we did was we nominated an address nearby that would take them from us if you couldn't get in. You can do that. But you're saying you're waiting at home. Does the doorbell ring? No, they never come to your house.
13: Now, due to... It may be on a van someplace, but as I said to one driver, uh, I got it the next day. I said, well, I saw that it was on your van at 10 o'clock in the morning. Or he said, they didn't give it to me. So, you're caught up now between the van driver and his workload and the tracking number. But when you tie them all in together, it's not a service. Now, another thing developed there, when we were dealing with Amazon in England and you were being ripped off by customs and all those duties that were being put on, a lot of the companies, their van drivers wouldn't accept cash or credit card. So, you you were waiting on to hear that this parcel was for you, but there was customs duty on it. Yeah. So now the next thing anyway, you say, right, you ring up the company and it's a Dublin number and you end up outside in India. Nothing against anybody here. So you'd say, okay, here's my visa card number and you pay him the, the money. Now the next problem is to tell the courier that the duty has been paid. Yeah. Okay, so you get so you you you're back to square one again. I want to ring these people. I have got a number and to tell them. Listen, would you mind delivering this parcel now? The duty has been paid. Yeah. Again, you can't contact them. There's something wrong. If you look up the CIA, you'll get a number from...
9: (laughs) You're not wrong, yeah, you're not wrong. There's something up, all right, and the online business has become so big, but it can be very hard to contact someone if your parcel doesn't arrive as you thought it would. Dennis, thank you for that. I wonder if anyone can identify with Dennis's... I certainly can on a number of levels with Dennis's problem. Now, I want to talk to Dylan Kavanagh. Dylan is the. Uh, and we're talking about Leon uh, Kavanagh, who died a year ago, wasn't it? Now, Dylan. Good morning to you.
4: Hi. Good morning, PJ. Yeah. Tell me about.
9: Tell me about Leon.
4: Leon. Leon was my oldest. Well, he was the brother older than me. Yeah. His anniversary was yesterday, so it was twelve months ago, right. and his birthday was Sunday. He, he passed away do. from and know I've lost in okay. twelve to. Yeah, because I remember his his passing
9: being big news because people were trying to fundraise for for funeral expenses and all of that because he died quite suddenly and he died horrendously young at just at he, just
4: thirty one. No, yeah, he he he. There was funeral expenses because my I t- another brother passed away on December two thousand sixteen as well, so. There was a lot going on for the family, but just when Leon died, so it was a shock to us all, really. Yeah, and it was tough on everyone. Yeah. How did
9: losing not one but two brothers, but Leon in particular? How did you? You were close. You were close to him, were
4: you? I was very close to Leon, like in in some of my poetry. Like I would say, he was like a twin to me. You know, even though it was four years um, between us, he was four years older than me, but um how it was losing him is I've like I'm at the losing a part of me now that I'll never find again by losing him because to him, that's so close he was to me I know, I know. and that's why I try to express myself I, I'm not good with expressing myself my feelings and all that I usually kind of bottle things up so mm-hmm. when I started writing poetry 11 months ago it's kind of helped a bit
9: like you started mm-hmm. writing shortly after he died you used to yeah, go and visit him didn't you he was living He was living down near Debenhams in a tent, wasn't he?
4: He was, yeah, for the last couple of months before he died, he was living down there. And you used to go to visit him? I used to, uh, if he was staying in the tent, I would stay in the tent with him that night and then go home the next morning, on most occasions I would stay with him, yes. Yeah,
9: yeah, and like, he had addiction problems, which is why he, that was one of the reasons why he he was homeless, but still, you went to see him, you did what you could for him, people used to be yeah. people were very kind to him I think
4: yeah like when he did do, like the, the effect that I had on the north side was like it was a lot but the support that came from it then was amazing as well like it, it, his death really affected a lot of people not just the close family people fell as well you know
9: yeah I think it was a huge we've had many of them but it was another big wake up call to us wasn't it Dylan as to just how Awful! The problem of heroin is in our city, and how it is just rampant on our streets.
4: It is, and that like it, it, you'd see it walking down the street yourself. You know, like we all we all probably know someone or know someone that knows someone that's either had a past from it or is it, you was know, in a bad situation in their life. Yeah. So it's it's close to everyone, you know. And you'd never written poetry before. Had you? no not so, even in primary school I've ne- I've never even even tried writing it even for in primary school it so, just so what came was on the
9: yeah it came literally you sat down and you said I'm going to write this down
4: yeah, there was something in my head there was like a paragraph in my head for a couple of days and it was just I came to a stage I started writing it on my phone and I read that paragraph and instead of, I would put my phone back down but I actually didn't leave it down for long I picked it back up within 5 or 6 seconds and just continued to write and continued to write and it's it's just my way of expressing myself really you know was it that you I,
9: found like, how to make your flow you found how to get these feelings out
4: yeah and i can see by, like it's been 11 months i think since the first poem and i've read by the i read the first poem i done and compared to my most recent poem like, you can see like in eleven months, I've gotten like so much better on it. Like, but to, like, it started off as just being something for me, not for recognition, you know. Until yeah. I started getting praise and all that on it.
9: Yeah, and it and it, and it has taken off for you, and and I know that you've been reading it recently publicly, and people are very yeah. impressed with it. Um, do you want to give me a few lines, brief few lines of what you've been writing?
4: Oh, uh, maybe something the most recent.
9: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, give me a. I got it line exactly. And um, what sure why you're finding it there? What like what inspires you to write? Is do you just think of something in your life or something? It's it's
4: not it's not been some it's not just been about my brother. I've written them I've, I've actually written some about the homelessness um situation that's in the city as well. Like okay. David that would have been maybe the third poem I've ever wrote about the homeless.
9: Okay, give me give me maybe the first eight or nine lines of that then.
4: Okay, it's the homeless. Life of the homeless, the toughest of them all. Not to mention the loneliness, coldness and life's great fall. Not bad people, just the same as me and you. Hoping for a place to stay, even for a day or two. Back to being hungry as soon as they wake up. Hoping for a hot meal today, just to fill the stomach. As each day goes by, it's getting a little tougher right behind their smile,
9: hides how much they suffer. That's lovely. That's very nice. <laughs> Dylan, our condolences again on, on the loss of your beloved brother, but congratulations on, if you like, his death has inspired you to a new career, and well done. Yeah, yeah. Well I
4: done. believe
9: that myself. Alright, look after yourself. And hopefully we we'll get get those both poems out in maybe book form uh, at some stage soon. Someone will help you to do that. Dylan Cavanagh, thank you very much. Brother of the late Leon Cavanagh who passed away a year ago at the Mercy Hospital and inspired his younger brother to start writing poetry. Thanks Dylan. 0818
3: Can we just talk The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM.
5: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie
3: Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays
5: from midday on Cork's
1: 96 FM. Your afternoon sounds better here. All your favourite tunes to help fly you through the day and if it's happening here on Leeside, I'll tell you about it from midday here on Cork's 96 FM.
3: We just talk The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Call us now
5: 0818
3: 96, 96, 96. On courts 96
9: FM OK, your newspapers have it this morning uh, Radio, television news has it Our cost of living, as if we didn't know it already Has gone through the roof And is going to unfortunately go higher Uh, front page of the Irish Independent and it's on all the newspapers but the one I'll choose is the Independent price hikes hikes for fuel housing and food to hit a 40 year high 1980s level inflation that warning coming from the Economic and Social Research Institute, inflation not seen since 1984 it comes to in their quarterly economic survey inflation could hit 8.5% by the summer before averaging out at 6.7 across the year. A lot of it being blamed on the war uh, in Ukraine. Kieran Quinn is a research professor with the ESRI, and he joins me now. Professor, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Very well, sir. Bleak and stark news that the ordinary families listening to this radio show do not want to hear, but it's not undeniable, isn't it?
0: It is, yes, I'm afraid. I think that there's probably two things to say. Uh, On the one hand, uh, the economy has come through the pandemic quite well, you know, in in, in quite a strong manner. And we see that in a number of different ways with unemployment falling, etc. So, you know, in the absence of the recent situation in the Ukraine, we would be expecting the economy to grow very strongly this year and into next year. But clearly, the events uh, there have have really uh, are are likely to have quite a significant effect on us all, really, in terms of, um, you know, the economic effects of it, if you like, and particularly, I suppose, the inflationary pressure. So there had already been increases in inflation that everybody knows about, would have seen. And indeed, the the latest data from the CSO says that the inflation rate is running at five and a half percent. But that was taken before there was any uh, hostilities breaking out in the Ukraine. But certainly, what's happened there now will add to the inflationary pressures. I'm afraid going forward, particularly to do with energy, but also indeed even things like uh, cereals, wheat, for instance. Uh, Russia and the and the Ukraine are the, the largest producers of the, amongst the largest producers of those in a global sense. So there's a lot of pressures coming. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, increased prices in the coming months. I'm afraid.
9: It's. Possibly an oversimplistic way of putting it, but, but still, am I right in saying that inflation, it's a big word, but it covers everything from the drum of milk you put in the fridge to the gallon of petrol you put in your car or to anything that you go out there to buy? Inflation inf-
0: affects everything. It does. I mean, the way the CSO calculated typically is they take a weighted basket of goods that people, you know, on average typically buy. And, you know, when they compile all the, they look at all the prices of the individual components, they they average it all up. And then they come up with, in, in the most recent case, the figure of five and a half percent. So the major drivers of inflation right now would be the energy issue um, and also domestically housing costs. That's another issue that, you know, I'm sure most people are familiar with. Yes. Rents have, have been increasing very sharply. And house prices as well have been increasing. So they're the major contributors at present. Any but energy feeds into a number of different areas. It feeds into, for instance, transport, and the transport element has seen a big hike. Uh, recently and of course that's because transport is very heavily dependent on fuel and, and ultimately fuel and energy related issues are the main drivers of inflation uh, over the recent um, you know, recent six
9: months. Okay. I was talking to someone recently who provides, now I won't say what it is but I'd be identifying a rather specialised service shall we say uh, in, in uh-huh. the animal uh, sector and it involves quite an amount of driving and was saying to me recently that um, has had no choice but to put up the cost of what they do because of the sheer price of getting there with diesel.
0: Exactly. I mean, uh, I think anybody who's filled their car up recently will testify to that. I mean, the the, the price increases alone in that area, both in petrol and gas or petrol and diesel over the last uh, three or four months have been substantial, you know, and I think that's one way that it really bites, uh, that people really notice. But also... Even if you do your local shop now, you can clearly see that a lot of items are inching up in terms of the prices. They were maybe two euros uh, three months ago. They're now two euros, 10 or 15 cents. So all of that adds up because ultimately energy and fuel is used across a whole variety of different sectors of the economy for transport, etc. And, uh, you know, lighting premises, heating premises, etc. So that all adds up in terms of the, the, the ultimate price then that's passed on to the consumer.
9: Yeah, when you're doing this inflation calculation, and I'm going to keep it very simple here now, but we'll say the price of chocolate. So one particular brand goes through the roof price-wise; another doesn't. When you're doing your calculation, is is it calculated on an average? Do you do the you balance it out for for the stuff that
0: you know? Yeah, I know it's 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 the Central Statistics Office who who do the calculations. So yeah, they, I mean that would be part of a subcategory of 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 consumer goods, um, and they would take you know in each case they would be taking the average price for the for the individual components, and then you know totting it all up and then weighting it by the amount of. Um, you know, if you take a typical household spend, how much of that is going on different components and different commodities. They weight the the overall, the individual prices of the goods and services by those weights. And that gives you your overall figure then that, as I said, the five and a half percent being the most recent one that they published. We,
9: the, the war in Ukraine will be uh, a month old tomorrow. It doesn't look like it's anywhere near its end just yet, unfortunately, and most unfortunately for the poor people caught up in it we're stuck with this until there's some
0: form of peace out there, are we? We are, certainly. And I mean, I think even if we do have peace in the short term, and hopefully we will, obviously, for, for everybody concerned, I think it's still fair to say that the kind of sanctions that, um, you know, Europe, for example, have brought in against Russia, those sanctions are going to stay in place. I think most people will, you know, I think will, will require that they stay in place. So even if you do have have peace in the short term, it may, that that may not lead to, you know, the kind of cost pressures that are coming from the whole situation being, um, you, you know, being dissipated anytime soon. They're, they're likely to, to persist over a period of time. I mean, it's given rise to obviously large fundamental questions about where Europe sources its energy from. And I don't think, you know, there's now a move obviously to change and to, to, to diversify away from Russia as a source for gas and, and oil. I don't think anything that happens in the short term in the Ukraine is going to change that. Yeah. So that's going to continue to lead up or, uh, lead yeah. to upper prices.
9: We'll also be looking with a little concern at China where COVID has gone mad again in some places. And China, of course, is is such a supplier to the rest of us. Would that be in your concerns?
0: It would indeed, because one of the drivers of inflation, I suppose, over the last six months has been what we call, uh, you know, global supply chain blockages, you know, in the sense that when the economies all opened up after the the pandemic, you know, there was these blockages in, in terms of the supply chains. People couldn't get the goods and services as quickly as they needed them. And so therefore that drove up prices. You know, if you see sections of the Chinese economy and sections of their society being closed down again, which has begun to happen, that will exacerbate, you know, those kind of supply chain issues for a lot of goods and services. And again, that will ultimately have upward pressure on prices. So I'm afraid there's a number of different pressures out there and, and, and they're all leading to increase price levels in, in in the economy there's no good news
9: other than the economy is healthy which it is th- there's no good yeah. news here today um Kieran. one thing though and I don't know whether this is in your purview to 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 speculate here, but what is inevitably going to follow this is pressure from all sides on the government to do something Now we already had one move on the excise for fuel. But there's pressure coming from all sides on the government to step in and try to do something. Already, both Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath have said look, we'll help whoever we can but we can't solve all of this. That is the truth, isn't it? They can't solve
0: all of it. But they will come under pressure no, to help won't they They will come under pressure. yeah, I mean they they have responded. they've actually done a couple of things. they did the the excise recently, but they also introduced some measures in February as well and indeed even back in the budget in in, um, in in the in the autumn. But you're right, as the prices increase, um you know there there probably will be pressure on the government to do to undertake additional measures. The one good thing is that the public finances are in reasonably good health, even despite the pandemic and despite all the money that was borrowed for the pandemic related issues. So they are in in good health, which means that the government has some leeway to, to undertake measures, But uh, again, they can only go so far. And the one crucial thing that we would point out in in terms of anything that the government does do is it's got to be make sure that whatever money it spends, it spends on people who really, really need it. It's got to be as targeted as possible because otherwise, if the government spends a lot of money when you already have inflationary pressures, the danger is that it will add to the inflation. So it's got to be particularly careful about that. You talk about the public finances being in
9: in good health. Do we have, does government have, in terms of being an
3: EU member,
0: Oh, we do, yeah. I mean, there are certain rules that we have to abide by. Now, those rules, were, you know, which are formulated and implemented at a European level. Now, those rules were suspended uh, during COVID and they they have remained suspended. And I suppose they're not going to be brought back anytime soon, given the pressure that a lot of European countries are going to be under because of... ...they're saying that sometimes it doesn't. 10 o'clock news time with Victoria.
5: Thanks, Plus village
3: Shopping Centre with Tesco Extra, M&S, TK Maxx, and so much more at the
0: heart of the village. The situation in the Ukraine. Yeah. So we we do have to maintain our our, our, our public finances in good order. And ultimately, even if the European institutions didn't require it, we have to do it anyway because it would impact the cost at which we would borrow. You know, if yeah. if the people yeah. who lend to us saw that our public finances weren't in good order, it would increase the cost to us. So you know, yeah. we we have no choice but to. Yeah. Um, but to maintain them in good order e-
9: Economics is, is, a, is a, a business involving a lot of cold hard truth unfortunately sure. lastly and what will come is people saying I need you to put up, the government needs to put up the minimum wage, the government needs to bring in wage increases across the public sector pressure will, arrive, will turn on private business to Jesus lads we can't survive on the wages you're paying us, there's going to be huge pressure on wages will they go up? Should they go up?
0: well, I think they will go up they they have been going up. I mean, even last year, I think on average wages went up by around four and a half percent, so you know we will continue to see wage wages increase uh, given the pace of growth in the economy. But I think the danger is that you don't want what we call wages chasing inflation, because ultimately what happens then is that, you know, that that leads to inflation being persisting, if you like, in the the economy over a period of time. That if you try and increase wages to catch up with inflation, that in turn fuels inflation and then you have more pressure for for wage increases. So that's the kind of spiral you don't want. But uh, certainly we would expect there to be, you know, fairly significant uh, wage increases in the present year.
9: Okay, Kieran, thank you very much. Professor Kieran McQuinn uh, from the Economic and Social Research Institute. So, we have a healthy economy right now, and we have our public finances in reasonable order. But there's no good news besides that today. Prices are still going to continue to go up for the foreseeable. The government will come under pressure to do something about it, but they also have to mind the money. It's like running a house you have to mind the money. It's a pain and I, I, I tell you, I wouldn't have that job for all the money in the world. Yeah. I'm just sending it to David Gray on the 18th of June at Musgrave Park. Thanks to our friends at MCD. Pair tickets. Yeah. What's the song? Name the David Gray song. Your name and the name of the song. Oh, wait, 3 It's World Maths Day. Please stay with me. Okay? Please stay with me. It's World Maths Day. And I have a fabulous story. A fabulous story about World Maths Day. Next.
3: Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
5: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie
3: Access All Areas on Cork's 96FM. Your
5: guide to
14: nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. The Cork-based artist
6: Marie Brett's exhibition The Hidden Mountain, The Fort and The Five Trees comes to the Sirius Arts Centre in Cove and is running there currently. Admission to the public is free. Access All Areas. To celebrate their 40th anniversary, Aslan will perform two shows at Cork Opera House as part of a massive national tour taking place on the 8th and 9th of April. Tickets are on sale now for the shows from the Opera House box office or corkoperhouse.ie Access All Areas You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on AAA at 96fm.ie Access All Areas Your guide to nightlife
5: on side On Cork's 96fm
3: Cork's
9: 96fm Just before uh, we go to that uh, just our our sympathies uh, on behalf of the opinion line team and indeed the whole of' 96 FM we 'd have been big fans and i suppose good customers over the years at tony 's Bistro in uh, number 69 north Main street which you'll have known, noticed if you're passing is closed today and yesterday and it's closed because of the passing the sad passing of the founder of tony 's Bistro John O 'Connor senior. And uh, thoughts with the family, and uh, the many happy memories of being in and out of Tony's and meeting John, nice fella. And uh, his uh, his passing has been announced by the family, and his funeral is today. So our thoughts with everyone involved at uh, Tony's Bistro. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now about World Maths Day, I've been talking to David McCarthy, who is a maths teacher with a fascination for the history of the subject he teaches. Dear me, I often remark on the programme that it's such and such a day about this or that. It could be anything from apple pie to bring your dog to work day. But I know that when I say to people it's maths day or world maths day, they go, oh no maths, I can't deal with maths. But (laughs) (laughs) the theme of the day is maths unites. What's all that about?
7: Well, even just going back to your what your original concern there about people's reaction to math, like I do, I, I'm obviously a leaving cert math teacher. But if if anyone is ever interested in reading the history of math, it's one of the most fascinating things you could ever buy a book on or whatever. Like say, for example, Pythagoras. Everybody remembers Pythagoras from from leaving cert, and as one as one forcher put it to me one day, he's the fella that invented triangles. But like. <laughs> There's, there's a lot more to him than than you might imagine. Like, so he 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 was he lived in Greece in about 600 BC, and he started this school, and the school eventually became kind of a political entity, and and eventually actually became a cult. And he, he was an interesting kind of fella. He introduced these rules to his his brotherhood. He called it rules such as uh, you can never marry a woman who wears gold jewellery, you can never ma- you can never pass a donkey lying in the street, you can never urinate in the direction of the sun. And you must avoid all contact with fava beans, whatever they are. <laughs> so in- interesting fellow. Like, I, I tried to introduce those rules in the in the carolite Math department, but unfortunately I, <laughs> I was voted out. You know. Yeah. Um, but like the interesting thing about him was that like he he did all of his stuff, all his stuff with triangles, all his stuff with ge- geometry before numbers were even invented. Like numbers, as we know it, didn't even exist until about five hundred years later yeah and it was in uh, in Babylonia in hindu india that's where they started to be invented and like it, it was very interesting there and we're talking about maths unite like very similar to today back back in like in in Europe up until the twelfth century like that's only about eight hundred years ago we were still using Roman numerals. Mm. And the reason that we were so, you know, reluctant...
9: This was the to, uh, XX and the one one yeah, and the V. Yeah,
7: yeah, and, like, that, those those numbers were kind of useless, really, if you wanted to do any sort of complex math. And the reason we were so reluctant to to use this Islamic... The, the Islamic mathematicians were, were, were really developing numbers and decimals and all this. But there was a kind of a, a fear of, of Islam back then, you know. Similar right. enough, not, not too dissimilar to now, but... The Crusades and things were going on. I right. Think it, it, it took uh, an Italian uh, mathematician. Fibonacci was his name. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like your 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 show is about three hours long. Though. I'd say I could talk for three hours. About Doesn't he
9: things, have right? a particular sequence named after him?
7: Yes, that's the, that's the guy. Sequence.
9: That's, that's the, the
8: guy.
7: Absolutely, and and again, just your listeners, if you ever just go on Wikipedia and and just look this stuff up. It's absolutely fascinating. But it was him who managed to convince the European mathematicians that this Islamic math that they've been practicing over here for 100 years is actually can take us to the next level. And it's no coincidence that this was about the 13th centuries. And once this was introduced, you had things like the re- the, the Renaissance in Europe, you had things yeah. like the Age of Discovery. And like it's not a coincidence that once... once you know, they shared these math ideas that, that Europe starts, starts to flourish.
9: So so we were still using X's and 1's and V's and M's and C's and confusing the hell out of ourselves, where yeah. he said, you know, um, Mr. Fibonacci said, you know, they, these lads over in the Islam part of the world, they've invented different numbers, which can do an awful lot more like one, two, three, four, five and six. You should really start using them. And that started everything.
7: Well, you know, it's all it's all, te- its all a theory, really, but, like, it's no coincidence that, you know, we, we had the dark ages up until then, and right. all of a sudden then we had the renaissance. I'll give, you, I'll give you a better one. So the, the concept of zero, right? So yeah. we all know, like, we take for granted that the difference between 21 and 2100 is the two zeros at the end. But interestingly, zero as a concept wasn't used in European maths until about 400 years ago. So, like, I don't, I can't even get my head around how they managed to do this. But I, I,
6: mainly, the reason
7: for it was the reason why it wasn't used was basically you could actually be arrested for heresy for talking about zero. Nah.
8: So
7: get, get your head around that one. So basically, if you if you type five divided by zero into your calculator, your calculator will erupt in flames because it's it's impossible to do because that's it's infinity. And back then the Catholic Church weren't weren't big fans of, you know, uh <laughs> infinite other than other than you know who. So basically that's why it was kinda of discouraged and it was it was eventually introduced. But interestingly, seven about eight thousand miles away in, in Central America, right, who had no contact with Europeans or Asians or anything like this, they were after developing their own number system with lines and dots and things like this and what? they had a zero. And they were using zero exactly the same way that that almost exactly the same way as we use zero today. You know, so even though there was absolutely no context, this
9: this was the case. Like we we all grew up thinking, well, zero means nothing. If yeah. I have one apple and I take it away, I have zero apples. Yeah, but there's a hell of a lot more to it than that.
7: Yeah, it's uh, even like I find it very hard to get my head around what what they must have been doing without without a zero. And uh, even back to Matt's Unitas, United then United then. So I was. I was kind of thinking about it. It's a great heading for a, for a math day. Like, you know, if you, I was thinking, like, since the beginning of time, everybody has looked up at the sun and said, geez, I wonder how far away that sun is. You know, and that's, that's what early mathematicians, they took it to the next level and they, they discovered, they invented trigonometry, basically. That's where trigonometry came from, answering those kind of ideas or right. how, what the circumference of the earth is and things like this. So it's, you know, it's the reason why it unites us. Like, say, if you take pi, Right. So
8: uh-huh. remember
7: pi and like it's the it's that if you take the circumference, the outside of a circle, and divide it by the diameter, you always get this number three point one four. And like what they found is when they studied um when they studied mathematicians from all across the world, from China to um interestingly Baghdad back back when it was discovered, they they built Baghdad in a perfect circle when it was first when it was first what? found there. Yeah, so they, and they were, and, they, and it was because they were fascinated by this concept of pi. And it's even mentioned in the Bible as well. If you go further, further, further west, it's mentioned in the Old Testament. They talk about they, they rounded it off to three. Now, as we know, well, at this stage, it's 3.14 something or other. Mm. But it just shows that no matter where you are in the world, there was people people just fascinated by this yeah. relationship between the circumference and its diameter. Yeah,
9: I, I remember being very much a fan of the old 22 over 7. Because yeah. it, it got you the more accurate result, but sure, we could talk about that all day. But yeah. pa- you know, probably like I suppose, in terms of mats unite ha- unites, how how I would think of it, David, is that you can go to the four corners of the world, and you'll find a hundred languages on your travels. But mats is mats is mats. Is that is that a, a fair way to compare it?
7: Well, I'll give you a few good examples. Now we've had. We've had students come to our school below in and there was one particular one from Spain there just two or three years ago. And not a word of English like he couldn't follow anything you were saying, but you put him in a maths class. And now I know there was a bit of English in the maths questions that he couldn't figure out, but he would he was an absolute dinger at it. And it didn't matter that it was in a completely different language. He figured he could figure it out and 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 a kind of more topical one then as well. And I don't know, I was thinking about this last night and whether it relates to what we're talking about, but we had a, a Ukrainian student join us in first year this week. Yeah. And, like, you you, you can imagine where he came from, you know. And, again, not much English, but he's in maths now. And the first question the teacher put up on the board, and his hand was straight up, he, he wanted to answer it. Like, and, you know, we were, we were talking about it afterwards in the staff room. Like, you know, you have... You know, whatever a thousand Irish students down there, maybe they take a bit of uh, their education, that they come in to learn math every day, maybe they take it a bit for granted, I and mean, you, you can imagine the emotional response of what he's gone through for the last two weeks. Yeah. and here he is sitting in an Irish classroom learning about algebra and learning about substitution and all this kind of thing and it just you know I, and, I, and I, even
9: I, though he doesn't have a whole lot of English, able to communicate because the math's the language of mathematics. Is is pretty universal. That's it, and it, like you know, you
7: take for granted there sometimes as you come into school and you can sit there and like you can just see it, it just it it moves you. Small, but when you think of how how much he appreciates that yeah. he's sitting here learning maths, you That's know, where, from where he came from.
9: I wanted to bring one thing up with you before I let you go, and it's this: everyone says, "Oh, I've no interest in maths," or "I don't understand maths," or "Sure, what use is maths?" And in the very next breath, they'll tell you, "I can't wait to get up on." December the 21st and see what's happening at Newgrange or I'm going to England on my holidays I have to see Stonehenge Stonehenge and Newgrange maths in action am I right or am I wrong?
7: Oh absolutely yeah so it's all like back then it was all geometry really like it was all size it was all angles and things like that and like you you look at both of those objects like New Earth yeah both of them I suppose they're circles and Circle seems to be, have been a thing. They all seem to be fascinated by this concept of a circle, yeah. you know, and the fact that they can, they, you know, even new grains, that they can still time it, that on the 21st, that the sun shines all the way. Like, they, that. That's, even if you tried it today, I'd say that would be a monumental task.
9: That's yeah. actually, I often thought about that. Like, could you line up, a, could you build a computer or, or sit down with a pencil and paper and recreate the calculations today and build something that would act the same way as New Grange, using only the materials they had in the modern world. I wonder, could we?
7: Yeah, and 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 for it to still work, whatever it is, two thousand years later, yeah. and it still works perfectly. You know, it's it's mind blowing, really, when you think of it.
9: That's Maths for you. That's it, David. Thanks very much. No problem, PJ. David has a great website, Tacit ie. It's a teacher in Carrigaline, history of it. no? on World Maths Day. Just let me tell you about it. And that's a lovely story of that lad who arrived from Ukraine, with not a whole pile of English, but put a maths problem on the blackboard, and he was able to get into it because of the universality of it all. And as Brian says, that sums it up perfectly. But dumb tish. Thanks, Brian. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. There's a new book called. It's a long title. It's called. Goodbye, Kit. It may be for years and it may be forever. It was written by Michael Kickham, who is you became a fascination for you, Vincent Murphy, because he is your granduncle. Correct me if I'm wrong. Good morning. Yes,
15: that's that's correct. That's correct. Good morning, and thank you for having me on your show. It's a
9: fascinating
15: story. Who was he? He was um my Grandmother's brother, who was ordained a priest in 1884, uh, and went to New Zealand as a missionary. And uh, he encountered um, a situation there which was not very pleasant for Irish secular priests who were second fiddle basically to the Marists who ran the diocese. And he ended up having a row with his bishop, first of all. Uh, to do with the um, his views on the national question in Ireland. He was a brother of the writer and patriot Charles Kickham, sorry, a cousin of Charles Kickham. And uh, Charles Kickham was, of course, a member of the IRB, which was blacklisted by the church at the time. Uh, so to get out of it, he went to Australia, joined the Jesuits for a while, but didn't have great success there. The The environment was like going back to a boarding school for a man who had been riding around the country on horseback for four or five years in in New Zealand, and he just couldn't stand the confinement. Mm. Um, He was supposed to go back if he didn't stay with the um, Jesuits. He was supposed to go back to Christchurch, but he refused. And there was long, acrimonious correspondence between himself and the bishop to try and avoid um, returning to uh, New Zealand, and the culmination of it was that he got permission on condition that he paid 200 pounds to the diocese now 200 pounds might not seem like a lot of yeah, money today but, yeah. yeah yeah but if if you convert it to the uh, current value it's about 31000 euros well wow. so it was kind of like indentured labor yeah. uh, he did eventually manage to leave with the support of his cardinal in sydney and ended up paying just £50. Yeah. And then the, the title of the book
9: comes from, didn't it? He came home, and then he went away yes. again, and yes. those were
15: the last words he spoke to to his mother, was it? To right. his sister, Nice, right. my grandmother. Okay. Uh, he he spoke those, and, and the reason I know that they were the words he spoke was that she wrote it in a letter to her sister-in-law some years afterwards. Um, And he went off and he told nobody where he was going. He ended up in Buenos Aires, and he went there in about 1901. In 1907, by purely chance, the family discovered he was in Buenos Aires and no longer a priest, he was teaching there.
8: Right.
15: And uh, uh, his his secret was out. So it seems like he he had some internal turmoil about his priesthood and possibly about his religion, even though he didn't disclose what that was. Yes, yes, he didn't marry, No. He didn't marry. Well, no, his, birth, his death cert says that he was a bachelor, right. and that's the only information I have. But I have no indication to believe that he had married or had a woman in his life. I think it was a pure case of not believing. Yeah, he lost his faith, effectively. I, I think that's what must have happened. I can think of no other reason. Yeah. Maybe there is something
9: else, but I just couldn't find it. Had you any idea, Vincent, when you went to look into this, just how convoluted his, his life had been and how fascinating his story had been.
15: Not really. Um growing up uh, my father was very good at talking about all the relations that you had here, there and everywhere, you know. And he mentioned this um uncle of his granduncle of mine, Father Michael, and rather later in life he mentioned that uh he had gone to Argentina and he had um left the church. <laughs> so uh that was really as much as I knew a very, very vague outline. And uh I discovered that my cousin, uh, also a grand niece of, of of Michael's, uh, Catherine Delahunt, had all the letters that he wrote home. At least those that survived, and they were quite fascinating. So I just, I was, I just had to go and research.
9: Yeah, <laughs> that's, and that's he the never. the only way I can put a, it. After leaving, and going to
15: Buenos Aires and quitting the priesthood, he never came home. He never came home, and to my best knowledge, he never wrote to anybody. And the reason I suspect he never wrote to anybody because this uh, family friend of his, the Luis wrote a letter um, saying that his brother's letters were delivered. And that indicates to me that his brother, when he found out where he was, had written some letters, but that they were never replied.
9: Okay, okay.
15: now it's being launched, or it was
9: launched last week, and it's available yeah. online. Is it, are there hard copies That's or right, is it yes. all online?
15: It's it's all online. I think um, there might be a copy in Benedictus um, in North Main Street, but I found it very difficult to um, get it into shops. It's very hard for an independent writer to get into shops. It is, in uh, so it is online. Uh, yeah. uh, f- www.flaglane.ie. That's f l a g l a n e dot Okay, it's, it's it's available online there.
9: It's a superb job of work. You, you really have looked in depth uh, in into his life and and. Uh, there, it probably you probably end up briefly with with more questions than answers at the end of it all, which I guess. Yes, like,
15: is is it? In, I in, in, think that's inevitable. <laughs> it's a uh, it's an open. Uh, I I still have this vague idea that somehow I will find some more information, mm-hmm. and I. Sorry. Every now and then I think of something, but it's not happening. You're you're still digging.
9: Good to hear. That's Vincent Murphy, author of the book Goodbye, Kit. It may be for years, it may be forever, about the strange history of Father Michael Cacum. People will write a book about and It's just a, a mystery. to What happened to the man? He died in Buenos Aires in 1909, having left the priesthood, but never came home. Why didn't he come
3: home? That's the question I'd want to know.
8: Can we just talk?
3: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
5: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie.
3: The lines are live And we're ready to talk Can we
5: just talk? Call 0818 96, 96,
3: 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96.
5: Email opinion at 96fm.ie
3: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
5: On Cork's 96FM
3: Or
9: they might swing by the Imperial Hotel For, for a bite of lunch Because the Imper- they're celebrating The champagne was popping at the Imperial Hotel, they won gold in Kilkenny last night at the Hospitality Industry Awards. Gold for Best City Hotel. They're on their way back to Cork now, and they're buzzing with excitement. And why wouldn't there be? A lovely hotel, always one of my favourites, the Imperial Hotel. And they've won gold at the Hospitality Industry Awards in Kilkenny last night. So congratulations to management and staff in there. 0818969696. I love this one. <laughs> it's on Matt's Day, this message. Uh, my grandson is 17. He wants to be a chartered accountant. When he was about nine or eight, rather, he made his communion and he minded his money. So, with permission from my daughter, I asked him for a loan of 20 euro. When I gave it back to him, he says, I won't charge you any interest because you're my granddad. Ah, yeah, there's an accountant in the making. Thanks for that. 0818 96 96, 96. I, I, A couple of comments to, to hold over and come back to there later in the hour One in particular to do with housing and the housing crisis And the message we had earlier on Look, the terrible housing crisis well, We've seen what can be done in a matter of hours and days For the refugees coming here We've seen what can be done for them And is there any way we could do that for some of our own people who are homeless or living in kips and dilapidated dumps around the place. So I'll come back to that comment a little bit later. But I want to talk about the first ever Hayes Summit organised in Ireland. Hayes is H-A-E-S. And it stands for Health at Every Size. Nev Obrinsky, good morning to you.
16: Good morning. How are you, PJ? Good.
9: And I was listening to your podcast this morning about... What haze is, health at every size. Outline for listeners what it is. It's a new way, isn't it, of looking at body shape, body image, weight, health, the whole. It's a new way of, of approaching all of that kind of complicated sector.
16: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Health at Every Size actually started from the fat liberation movement in the 60s. And then in the early 2000s, it was pioneered by an association called ASDA. So the Association for Size, Diversity and Health. And as you said, PJ, it stands for Health at Every Size, but... One of the biggest misconceptions of this framework is that it suggests everyone is automatically healthy at every size, and that's not what it means. But what it does mean is that everyone, regardless of their size, can be working on health-related goals without focusing on weight loss. So it's a weight-inclusive approach to health and encourages health-promoting behaviours regardless of their outcome on weight. So the, the real problem is that... And maybe you've had your personal experiences, maybe you know other people who've had personal experiences with this, that the more we seem to focus on weight, the deeper we get into this cycle around dieting. And it actually makes us unhealthier as time goes on.
9: Yeah, I guess as someone who consistently carries around with me about a stone and a half that I know I could do without, but what I've done is do a bit of exercise and mind the diet a little bit and make sure that do the exercise three or four times a week. And if it disappears, it disappears. If it stays there, it stays there. But I'm in good. I'm, I'm feeling all right. That's kind of the yeah. approach, isn't it?
16: Yeah, it's it really is trying to focus on what you can do for your health. And if weight loss is a byproduct, then so be it. But if it's not a byproduct, it doesn't mean that you're not improving your health by consistently um, engaging in these health-promoting behaviours. And the issue is that if we associate, um, you know, health gain with weight, the minute the weight stops, we stop losing weight or we don't lose weight, the health-promoting behaviours usually drop off over time. Mm. So we know that people can improve their health and improve their biomarkers like high blood pressure, high cholesterol and blood sugar balance through these health-promoting behaviours, irrespective of whether their weight changes at all.
9: Yeah, what I'm getting from you is that it's time for us to stop Stop looking at weight loss as a reward for doing the right thing.
16: Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we live in a world that's obsessed at weight, yes. um, unfortunately, and it, especially in Ireland, I feel like it, it, it's contained in so many conversations. So whether that is something like. Um, you know, you meet someone in the gym, and that person says, "Oh, they had an awful weekend, and they really need to like work off." And I'm using the inverted commas here. Yes. They need to work off the food that they ate over the weekend, or you know, the the blowout at the weekend. So like, I'm being good from Monday to Friday, and then I can eat whatever I want at the weekend. This is a really unhealthy cycle to get into. And when we focus on weight loss, it keeps us stuck in that, doesn't it? Mm. So if we can begin to really Look at um, engaging in health promotion behaviors from a place of joy, you know, and from a place of satisfaction, it tends to be much more sustainable in the long term. So, why do you go out for a run, or why do you go to the gym, or why do you go to yoga class? If it's connected to weight loss, it usually has these temporary periods of. Like really empowered, really excited about it and then it drops off and then we maybe feel crap about ourselves and then we do the same thing and we can. people can be in this cycle for decades as I work with people in clinic that have been stuck with this mindset for a long, yeah. long time and can't seem to get off that hamster wheel.
9: Here's someone who, say not myself now, but some, say someone goes out for a walk Right, and they do their walk of an evening, a lovely evening and they take the dog and they walk the arse off the poor little dog and they mm. they arrive back mm. in a bugger sweat mm. but feeling absolutely great and really enjoyed their walk with their music and they yeah. go and do their shower or whatever and you say to them about an hour later Do you want a glass of wine? I'm having a glass of wine Oh God no, oh God no I mm. sure, That's the total waste of my walk That mindset mm. is crackers Yeah Crackers, Yeah. but yeah. we still do it
16: Yeah Yeah, absolutely. Because again, we're associating, like when did movement become, when did we lose that joy? I was talking to a client yesterday in clinic and um, she was talking about how when she was a child, she remembered she used to, you know, go out into the backyard and do all the cartwheels or get on the bike and cycle down to the shop. And like how she couldn't wait to do all of these things as a child. But then as she grew into an adult, it became this chore this thing that she had to do because, you know, to manage her weight. And it, it kind of rips all of the joy out of it. Just like if you feel that you have to move your body to make up for food or to allow in things like wine and chocolate and all that good stuff. Um, it really does rip the joy out mm-hmm. of just engaging in movement just for the, the play aspect of it. And I really think that we need to... Um, access this sense of play and joy when it comes to looking after mm-hmm. yourself because it can be really joyful
9: Now, the other side to this too, um, neil and it's, if you go to your doctor right, uh, and yeah. I'm a man of a certain age, uh, and if I go to my doctor, uh, he'll check my heart and he'll check my blood and he'll check my urine and he'll check all these little things that you, do. they all come back and say, listen, you're in good shape, you're doing, you're doing alright for a man your age, but you could do with shedding a stone or two That conversation is still being had in doctor surgeries around the country every day. Is that a wrong conversation to have?
16: Well, what I would say is that currently we have decades of research when it comes to the pursuit of intentional weight loss. And all of this research shows that in the long term, the pursuit of intentional weight loss doesn't result in long term weight management or long-term weight loss. So we all know that we can go on a diet, uh, whether that is a very strict diet or something like, oh, I'm just cutting back on the biscuits. Okay. It's still a restriction. It's still um, a some form of a diet that we will lose weight in the short term. And when I say short term, I mean about a year. Most people are able to um, lose weight and keep it off for about a year. And then after that year weight starts to increase until we hit the two-year mark and that weight gain starts to accelerate and then within five years most people have regained all of that lost weight and more yeah so I understand that, um, you know, there could be a lot of people listening to this going, what is this? You know, it's so radical to think about maybe not having a conversation about weight. But despite um, some correlation that we have in scientific research that, um, you know, higher body weights is associated with some long-term health conditions, we still don't have any safe and long-term effective methods for long-term weight loss. And that's the issue.
8: Holding it down.
16: Whereas we do... We, we do know that all of the, the benefits that you get from engaging in these health-promoting behaviours, they stay. They, mm-hmm. they they will stay for, for the rest of your life if you can consistently engage in them on a daily basis.
9: Yeah. Now, the one thing we're all told to watch, and I guess it, it is important, um, is what they call visceral fat because mm-hmm. medicine does tell us that that's not good. Yeah. But yeah. you can... I read a very interesting piece about this, Neve. It said, look, visceral fat happens, but
8: mm.
9: you can prevent it from being a health risk if you do some exercise. Mm. Yeah. And that was yeah. a very profound thing.
16: Mm you know? Yeah, it's this the health-promoting behaviour. Again, there's a difference between subcutaneous fat and visceral fat. So subcutaneous fat is the fat that you can grab on your belly yeah. or on your bum or on your legs, whereas visceral fat is that, that invisible fat that surrounds your organs and absolutely high visceral fat is is very dangerous for um health risks for chronic health conditions. But thin people have high levels of visceral fat yeah, as that's well.
8: That's right. That was in the
9: article. I was fascinated by that
16: yeah yeah and this is because it's dependent on your lifestyle your diet and lifestyle and when we're talking about diet and lifestyle um, i usually refer to the five pillars of health which are you know eating well most of the time most of the time is very important here because you know we need a little bit of everything you know some foods we need for for health other foods we need for joy and that's totally okay um moving your body regularly like health is a daily practice we need to consistently work in ways to improve our health over time. Um, Stress management, super important for blood pressure, cholesterol, visceral fat. Mm. Um, Then you have self-care practices and sleep. And if you could engage in these five pillars, something within these five pillars, I can guarantee that your health over time will begin to improve if you consistently practice them.
9: Mm. A term you use is life-enhancing movement now that mm. could be anything isn't it? i i mm. used to I, I used to swim a lot unfortunately of late i can't because i have arthritis in my neck and it makes it quite mm. quite painful i've had it had there for 20 years and it makes it painful so i've had to shift to another form of exercise um and, but nothing nothing quite has the joy of a swim
8: yeah. do
9: You know, and yeah. I think a lot of people struggle. Some people say, oh God, I couldn't walk, it's so boring. Or, or I can't mm. run because I can't, I simply can't run. <laughs> Trying to find that form of movement that you love to do, its its you can take time on it, can't you?
16: Yeah, for sure. And this is where I think the play comes back in I uh, when I when I have this conversation with clients in clinic and we're trying to explore you know different forms of movement I give them this huge list like PJ this list is like four pages long okay (laughs) and of all of these different ways in which you can move your body and um, these include things like playing with your dog in the backyard or running around with your kids or your, your grandkids or, um, you know, hula hooping, you know, really fun things that you you would maybe think, oh, God, I'm not going to do that because, you know, I'm an adult now. <laughs>
8: yeah. that
16: there's so many things that we can do that can be categorized as movement, but maybe not typically, you know, the best form of movement that everyone tells you. So like lately, I think there's a running trend and for people that love running, that's amazing. Me, I personally couldn't run to save my life. <laughs> so running is not something that I enjoy, but like I love, I adore yoga. It's my, you know, my everything. So I don't come to my mat because of how it makes my body look or because of how many calories I burn. I come to my mat because of, you know, the peace it gives me, the clarity it gives me in my mind, the strength it gives me in my body and and the joy and the acceptance that if I want to stop at any stage during my yoga class, I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, I can listen to my body. Whereas if we push, 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 and we, we drown out this inner expert, it can easily become a chore.
4: Yeah. There is a
9: point in, in during exercise that your body will tell you, okay, I've had enough now. You can stop for today. Mm. We might do more tomorrow, Mm. but I've had enough now. Should you listen to your body at that point? Or should you say, no, we have another 5K to do. We're doing it. Mm. Which do you do?
16: Mm. I would err on the side of listening to the body. Now, I think that there are times when, uh, and this comes up in clinic as well a lot, PJ, Mm. and people are trying to decipher it. I would check in with whether your body is actually tired or your mind is tired.
9: That's a good one. Go on there now. Pursue that a bit because I have a point to make.
16: So sometimes we can get a little bit, the mind can take over. I'm too tired. I've had a busy day. I don't want to move like, oh, it's it's going to be too hard. And it, our body might not be tired, but our mind is trying to convince us that it is. And I'll give you an example, actually, because it's fresh in my mind because I was in my own yoga class yesterday evening. Sometimes when I'm in yoga, my mind will start telling me stories of, I'm, I'm really um, tired today, I don't want to do this, yada, yada, yada. And when I don't feel um, the same feeling in my body, I know that it's just my mind. Whereas yesterday evening, because of Paddy's week, (laughs) I haven't been in my yoga class for about Mm -hmm. two weeks. And I felt my blood pressure start to rise and I started to get a little bit dizzy. And, you know, I I needed a drink of water and I needed to sit back. And there are clear indications coming from my body there that I needed to take a rest.
8: Right.
16: So I just sat back in child's pose. It's a a yoga class. Uh, very chillaxed yoga pose for just two minutes to breathe and yeah. to allow my blood pressure to come down and then once I felt better I got back into it again yeah. so I would definitely say that we need to listen to our bodies
9: Yeah. The point I was going to make was that uh, I, as I said I, I used to swim unfortunately I can't swim for exercise anymore I find it very difficult but what I used to think was I'm sitting on the edge of the pool and there's 50 laps ahead of me and I have absolutely no mind for it that's my mm. my mind telling me that. Because once I'm five laps in, I'm flying. Yeah. And, and the say with yeah. any form of exercise, You should, all, should you always try it? Your body, you're saying, not today. We'll do it tomorrow. No. Give it a go. And if it works out, great.
16: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and I think here it's the giving yourself the get out of jail free card can kind of get you into it. So I'll say to myself in these moments, you can take a break if you want at any stage. You don't have to do the fifty laps. You can do ten if you want. You can do five if you want. Yeah. And that allowance gets us into it. And then suddenly you're, you're five laps in and think, oh, I feel great now. I could do another five there laps you go. and there another you go. and another. And you never know what's going to happen because your body will guide you. Yeah.
9: Before we talk about the summit so and, and when it's on and where people can get tickets and stuff like that, res- respect is everything. Um, yeah. Don't talk. Don't comment on someone's weight. It's none of your damn business. How right is that?
16: I would definitely say, yes, that's absolutely right. And whether they are small or large, I think we just should keep our comments to ourselves because unfortunately, if even complementing weight loss can be problematic and, and I've heard stories from people who've experienced this personally and the problem is that thoughts go through their head like god what did i look like before yes or what if i can't keep this way off and then the compliments stop so it can be very damaging whether it's it's usually it's meant as as a compliment but it can cause more issues in the long term so i think we just need to you know forget Complimenting weight loss or, or commenting on someone's weight gain. Mm. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I
9: met someone recently I hadn't seen for quite some time and an old friend. I said, God, I said, look at you. You're after losing a pile of weight. And he said, mm. and he looked fantastic. And he said, trust me, he said, if you had been as sick as I've been, you'd lose weight yeah. too. Now, he's fine. Yeah. I stress, mm. he's grand. But if you had been as sick as I've been, you'd lose weight too. And I thought, okay, that's me. That's me putting me box. Do you know what I mean?
16: Yeah, you don't know what yeah. you, you don't know
9: what you're commenting on.
16: Yeah, and I um I have worked with I work with people who have disordered eating or who have recovered from eating disorders in the past. And you know we don't know if somebody has an eating disorder. And disordered eating is is not an eating disorder, but it's rampant in our society. And I have had conversations with clients where one comment has really tipped them over the edge and pushed them back to the ED because wow. the the person says, oh my God, you look amazing. What are you doing? And what's happening is that person is starting to spiral back into eating disorder behaviors. And the eating disorder voice goes, you see, you need me because ah, people are complimenting you. The
9: demon, you're talking to the demon. You mean to talk to the yeah. person. You mean to talk mm. to John, but you're talking to John's demon. Yeah. That's, that's a good way. Yeah. Listen, the event is on the 9th of April at the Marker in Dublin. Where can we get tickets for that?
16: So if you go to nutritionwithneve.com um, you will find all of the information and you can buy a ticket on the site as well.
9: Okay, now, it look, the tickets are 85 quid plus booking fee, but there's a lot of information to be had and some very interesting speakers. And we've had a great chat today and maybe we'll chat again in, we the, have. in, in, in the past or in the future, rather, Neve Neve Orbitsky
16: Absolutely, PJ. Uh,
9: the Hayes Summit, 9th of April in Dublin. Get tickets available now. And just think about weight and think about exercise and think about the fact that you can, no matter what size you are, you can still be healthy.
8: Great. Cheers, eight. BJ.
9: Thank you so much, PJ. Thank you. 0818-969696. At the risk of sounding corny, there is a lot of food for thought there.
8: Can we just
3: talk the opinion line on Corks 96 FM?
5: With the Cork City Marathon, take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie
9: Premier League Live, powered by Top Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively online at 96FM.ie.
5: Tune in Saturdays as we round up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre match analysis, live commentary, and in depth interviews with some legends of the sport.
9: Number one top of the league. The Premier League Live,
5: with Now, stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership.
9: Listen every Saturday, exclusively online at 96FM.ie, or download the
3: Corks 96FM app.
9: Corks 96FM. Very helpful caller says, why doesn't PJ just do a backstroke, kick your legs? You'd still move along, but you wouldn't be stressing your neck. The problem is, caller, and you're so right, the problem is I'm crap at the backstroke. And I kept clocking my head off the opposite wall of the pool. I'm just useless at it. Um, breaststroke is okay, but it's boring. Boring as hell, actually, his breaststroke. So, no, uh, anyway. Uh, Gary's listening in New Zealand, and i just heard about the priest you were talking about. I'd heard of him, but I hadn't realised there was a book about him, about Father Kickham. He was one of the first priests in St. Patrick's Church in Akaroa, which is about an hour outside Christchurch. It's a popular tourist spot, which was founded by the French Marists. See, th- I tell you, this world is Absolutely tiny. Well, Gary, if you'd like to get that book, uh, you can buy it online at flaglane.ie. That's, that's brilliant. Love to get a message like that. 0818 96 96 96. Yeah. All right, what's that song? What is that song? Yeah. That's our David Gray song for today with our friends at MCD. They're giving two tickets a day this week to see David Gray at Musgrave Park on the 18th of June. 083 396 96 96. Text the answer and your name. We'll do it at the end of the programme. Now, I talked before to Rob Hennessy. Because, Rob, Rob you're born in an old house. And I think no sooner had you set foot at the threshold that you looked at him and goes, What have I done? <laughs> but, but but then, but then you, you remind people again. And you did, didn't you? You walked in you said,
8: what the hell have
14: I done? <laughs> exactly, I'll I'll never forget that first moment, Pete. It was it was it was absolutely, oh my God, what have I taken on here? You know, and um, it was just like I don't know. It was, it was like I I I always visioned of it being a dream home, and you know, it, it is now, of course. But at the time, it was very overwhelming. Let's be honest. Because, Remind like, us again but- where it is. So it's in it's in um kind of the Glenbrook area, Passage West, literally right across the road from the Cross River Ferry um, in Passage, and it's kind of overlooking the beautiful Cork Harbour. Um, and uh, yeah, it's an absolute beautiful location. So it's like a, I suppose it's a it's a three story um, kind of town t- type of townhouse, but it's a Victorian townhouse, and it's um in a kind of a line of four, but it's um. Yeah, it's a beautiful location. I'm quite lucky to have it, to be honest, especially yeah. on a day like today, right? I'd say so. I'd say so. And what what <laughs> what prompted you to, to buy it in the first place? So I I think I, I suppose uh, originally my dream would have been to kind of buy a site and kind of build build my own kind of type of house and have my own kind of footprint on on what a house would look like, but. You know, like I was buying the house on my own, so it's quite expensive to buy a house and then build one on your own at the time, you know, and um, so I said, right, look, what's what's option two here? And option two was to buy a fixer-upper, and, um, you know, I've always been drawn to the kind of the older kind of Victorian houses. I think they're just amazing, beautiful, stunning character, and um, and I was actually quite lucky. I literally got, like, pre-approved on a mortgage and went on to Daft that, that, that night and spot the house, and a week later I was in. I was viewing the house, and um, and then uh, like a couple of days after that, I put an offer in, and it was just went, went went through for for me very quickly. I was quite lucky. It's One the, of the lucky ones.
9: There's fixer uppers and fixer uppers, in it? <laughs> r- r- remind yeah. us what you had to do.
14: Yeah, so I mean, like there was no heating in the house, so the house had seven fireplaces. That's how it would have been heated originally back in the day. So, so trying to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to get heating in and You might remember the last two winters were very cold winters and, you know, I I, I was living in the house from day one. So kind of trying to renovate it, work a full time job and, and, um, and live in it at the same time. So it had no heating. So trying to figure that out, and um, that, that was probably the, the, the biggest challenge. And then, you know, the whole house had to be rewired from an electrical point of view. We think it was wired back in the 50s, last time it was wired. So, you know, from a safety point of view, it was the right thing to do was rewire it. Um, you know, knock down a couple of walls, put in a brand new kitchen. So, the, I mean, the whole house had to be gutted and yeah. re-modernized, re- I suppose. You went back to the bricks in, in, in a lot of it, didn't you? That's exactly what I did, and actually doing that was actually the best thing I could have done, PJ, because... I found a load of little hidden issues like, yeah. um, you know, dry rot and, you know, wall plates completely rotten and kind of, you know, it wasn't a nice sight to come down and see mm. mushrooms growing on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, think, yeah, I'm, yeah, so. I'm thinking here, like, I
9: mean, <laughs> as someone who, when I take on a, a project at home, the first couple of days I'm standing there surrounded by tools and bits of broken things going, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Exactly. Now, how, did you, how did you get involved then with the RTE show, Great House?
14: yeah so i i set up an instagram page um for myself just to kind of track my own kind of renovation journey and you know to kind of look back on and you know it's actually a great idea because it's it's nice to look back on when, when we're getting a bit overwhelmed with all that up to your knees and dust and and you're going but look where i came from and it's 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 a, a nice thing to look back on and one of the lovely producers of the great house revival she stumbled across my page and reached out to me and asked would i be interested in going on the show and you know, I'm already a massive fan of the show. I'm a massive yeah. fan of Hugh Wallace because yeah. you know Hugh's forte and nearly kind of the old, the older Victorian houses. He's amazing at it. And so when they when they asked me to be on it, I jumped on it. And um and I was going through all the kind of different stages of of the application, like in kind of doing a house tour on my phone and kind of Skype interviews and all that kind of fun stuff. And um, luckily enough, RT loved me, and um, the rest is history. It's, yeah. it's a, it was an amazing experience, I have to say. Hugh is great, actually. He's very entertaining. Cause, cause, Be because like, he,
9: he, there's no pretense, like, he will look at it and say, this is a huge job.
14: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he thought I was mad, I think, I'd say as well, at the beginning, and then... Which um, he, like, was he's fantastic. I mean, the advice he gave me yeah. on and off camera was phenomenal, and you know he, he he's regularly phoned me as well to check in on me and seen if I had any yeah. questions, and yeah. he was genuinely genuinely interested you, in the project. You, you know? get
9: from what, even watching the show, obviously I've only ever met the man once or twice briefly, but but like mm. you, you, you get the impression from watching the show that his knowledge is boundless.
14: Oh, it's unbelievable! It's unbelievable. Like, like because he's such a massive interest in older houses and so on, he he knows what's behind the layers. He, he can he can only he can also kind of really visualize what a room could potentially look like. And I mean, the advice he was giving me was really good. And like, to be honest with you, everything everything that he advised me, I implemented in the house, including changing the layout of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Hugh he, he was kind of. Tell me to change it around a bit, and I did, and I'm so glad I did now because you know, like, like it's 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 made the difference. The house is just fantastic now because of it, you know, because of his suggestions. When is the program on? So I'm I'm up this Sunday night uh, half past nine on RT One, and uh, I haven't seen the show myself yet, so I won't see it until oh, really? it actually goes on air. Yeah, so I'm kind of nervous and excited, and I think mm. I'm looking forward to seeing what Hugh was saying behind my back when I wasn't yeah. in the in the camera with him. But um, you're popping but, um, into
9: what would what would sometimes be Dermot Bannon's slot, and th- 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 this is a whole exactly new it. different kettle of fish. I've seen it before, and I'm, I'm so looking mm. forward to to watching the transformation because I did look at your your Instagram off and on um, yeah. tell me about the secret place because you found a secret place and I think when we were talking last you still had absolutely no idea what was going on there did you find out
14: yeah it turned out to be nothing oh, <laughs> it God. was bigger than what I, probably, I probably made it bigger than what it is it was just it was just a part of the coal bunker that's all it was like, you know? so, um, Yeah, honestly, away yeah honestly I thought
9: you'd knock it in and you'd find a load of old coins or something in there it? yeah
14: yeah you and me both I was going in with metal detectors and everything <laughs> so, so. <laughs> <laughs>
9: All right, so Rob, yeah. listen, it, it, I'm looking forward to this, and like you say, where you are you, with the aspects of the sun, sunrise yes. and sunset, like on one side and the other side of the house. I mean, yes, it's stunning, and it's stunning. The house me into a little seat, did, you, did, did you manage to take in? Yes, it faces east, so you'd be facing into the sun, the sunset. Did you take into account the value of your sunset in the harbour,
14: sunrise in the harbour? No, I didn't. And actually, well, I did to a small extent because at the time I was actually just renting just down the road from it. So I kind of had experience of it and... Like, I'll be honest with you, when I put in the offer I used to come down here every single night peeping in the windows I'd say the neighbours thought I was a lunatic <laughs> so come down every night and I used to kind of sit down and just soak soak in the kind of yeah. fresh air and the, the sun the sun setting and oh it was I was sold on, on the location it's yeah, just it's amazing. amazing like yeah, All right. yeah we
9: look forward to seeing it on, on Sunday night and your Instagram is still going uh, oh it sure is Remind us again what it is, where people can find it. Yeah,
14: out. so it's a, a Victorian Renovation Glenbrook, and um, you'll find me on there. And, okay. The yeah. okay. well, man, Rob,
9: and we look forward to the programme on Sunday night. Rob Hennessy, Victorian Renovation Glenbrook, and he'll be on RT's Great Houses on Sunday night at half past nine. 0818 96, 96 96. He's a
3: braver man than I am.
8: Can we just talk?
3: The opinion Line on Corks 96 FM.
5: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie
3: Corks 96 FM Coming back to
9: we started the show this morning with talk of more messages we were getting in from people living in kips just dumps or people who are going to be homeless very, very soon. One woman in particular, because her landlord is selling. He's a decent guy. He's just selling and getting out of the business. And we've got a couple of responses to that on the basis of, right, we've got so many people in dire situations up and down the city and the county and, indeed, the country. And we've highlighted so many of them on the opinion line. But in a matter of a couple of weeks... We have realised what can be done when we have people coming from the war zone in Ukraine and we welcome them and we will do anything that we can for them. But the government is finding ways to accommodate people coming from that war zone as it should. But the questions are starting, well, what about the people that we talk about on this programme? The dire situation in which they find themselves. Yeah, they're not running from a war zone, but they're not exactly living the life of Riley either here's a message I agree the Ukrainians deserve this help but the government has shown how quickly it can make it happen why not do that for those already on the housing lists even if it is a modular home I think there's so many that will be grateful for a home that has heating that's not falling apart that's not damp the whole modular home thing is a fascinating Thing I must look more into it now because I wanted to do something on it for a little while. There are places where you can actually, you can literally buy a one-room apartment or a one-room flat. You can actually buy it and put it in the back garden, and it's not—it's not, it's not outrageously expensive. And you wonder why can't the government just buy loads of these?
8: <sighs> That's
9: kind of something that I worry about. Or. Do I lose sleep over it? Possibly, I do sometimes. I think that's all those lovely ways you could buy—you could buy houses for people, buy small houses for people, buy little little one-room modular apartments for people. Set up, set up estates made out of modular apartments. You could do it. So, so why, why don't we? Would you like to help us? By the way, pick the tunes that we play, and maybe win a Just Eat voucher for hundred quid in the process. Well, you need to get on to the website and become a music influencer. We have a 10-minute survey uh, for our music panel. Choose the tunes and you could win €100 for Just Eat. Just pop onto Instagram or to Facebook or go to 96fm.ie and help us with that. Why don't you? Speaking of music, uh, sad, sad news just come through to us here this morning and he used to sit in this very seat, well, maybe at the other side of the studio, on a Saturday evening and it was three or four hours of the craziest, maddest, Daftest shenanigans and wonderful music and hilarious entertainment, and I think the man was almost permanently stoned when he was here. But he was such a character. I hear of the the, the passing this morning of the man Ezek Ezek Gray was his name. He was Jamaican. Uh, he worked at BBC. He worked all over the all over Britain, and he worked here for a number of years. And he used to DJ in town, and he made a couple of records here locally. And he was a character just an absolute nutcase off his trolley but we loved him and the death has been announced of Ezekiel Gray, the man Ezeek he passed away peacefully in Jamaica, he'd have been pushing on a bit now, but he has passed away and we're sad to hear that those of us who knew him and loved him and worked with him and laughed with him, he was great crack Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. now you talk about changing pivoting they called it and very appropriate, actually, when I bring Jenny in, pivoting, going from one career to another, which people did over the last couple of years. From engineering to pole dancing, Jenny, that's some jump. Good morning.
2: Good morning. How are you? Thank you so much for having me.
9: I'm delighted to do it. You you were an engineer, and now you teach pole dancing, and your classes are jammed.
2: How did I'm change actually them- still... I'm actually still a quality engineer. (laughs) So I'm doing both at the same time. You're doing two jobs now. Um, I'm doing two. (laughs) How do you
9: go from one to the other?
2: Um, To be honest, um, I didn't really intend for Paul to become a job. Um, I started it about eight or nine years ago, and I always had an interest in starting it. Um, And yeah, I got into it. And then about three, four years into my own training, I said, you know what, I love doing this and I just want to pass that on to other people and teach other people what I've been taught. Um, And yeah, that's kind of how it came about quite quite randomly.
9: What attracted (laughs) you to it? I mean, it's a strange pursuit.
2: It's it's a it's a different kind of pursuit, all right, in regards to sports. But to be honest, um, I always saw um, whenever I saw pole dancers um, and pole uh, fitness instructors, I just thought the the strength and the grace that they have. Um, the, the absolute confidence that pole brings you mm. and just the challenge and the fun of the sport i mean you never ever learn everything mm. it's constantly evolving um it's just it's just such an it's it's just yeah
3: yeah and,
2: and what i what one, one thing i've noticed
9: <laughs> it requires incredible physical strength and fitness
2: Yes, you would actually be quite surprised as to how sore you could be after your first couple of classes. But yeah, no, it's um it's a pretty pretty tough sport and you you kinda you find you find muscles you didn't know you had.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and you've actually competed nationally.
2: Yes, I've competed around Ireland and I've actually competed in China once as well. Um, So, um, yeah, I kind of try and I try and compete every year where when possible um, just to be able to share that stage with so many amazing other pole dancers and instructors. Um, It's just an incredible experience.
9: And if anybody wants to get into it, they can come to your class. Where and when is that on?
2: So I actually run classes um, Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Friday evenings uh, between seven and nine, half nine. Um, and I also do Saturday mornings. So we're based out in Bishopstown, um, just across the way from the motor tax office um, in that little business estate behind the Abbeyville student accommodations.
9: Sure. So, and can they find you yeah. online?
2: They can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and um, if you pop into the EM Fitness and Nutrition website as well, they have a link directly to my pages as well. Um, so yeah, you can find me all over all over the internet.
9: All right, good. <laughs> Listen, good to catch up with you, Jenny. Thanks very much for that. That's uh, Jenny Schmidl, who teaches pole dancing. As she said where you can find her and she online, and just talk about a change of career just wanted to catch up with her oh, 0818 D says my friend Jill does does a class on pole dancing adores it and yes very confident very happy and looks much younger it's seriously healthy my brother got his ESB bill this morning it's up a hundred and oh, it's up a hundred and twenty euro he lives on his own now oh, the bills are just insane insane right what is this yeah. Yeah, it is, of course. It's
1: with me, honey, see,
9: now, it's a bit. Just a bit. Kira Archer from Grange.
8: Away,
9: our winner today with our David Gray competition, MCD, giving you two tickets to go to see him in Musgrave Park in June. Nice one, Kira. We'll have another pair of tickets tomorrow when we're back just
3: after nine.
8: Can we just talk?
3: The opinion Line on Cork's 96FM.
5: With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie.